0: Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening.
1: It's The Drive drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com
2: hello
0: everybody welcome in to the monday edition of the drive hope everybody had a uh, nice weekend it is a nice-looking, chilly Monday. Here we are a week away from Christmas, two days away from Christmas for RecruitNix as the early signing period, that short signing period in which most players will sign is coming up, and uh, we will we will talk about that We'll, uh, we'll go over whatever you'd like in the world of sports. Look back over the weekend. And uh, another impressive performance by Auburn basketball yesterday. So uh, we, we've got, got a lot of things to discuss. Bill and Dan. Uh, Dan, this will be, I guess, you're going to in the week. Yeah, I'm riding up tomorrow
3: with, uh, with, with uh, actually, I, th- I think I can name drop it. It's, um, I'm hitching a ride with Coach Rigby's husband, uh, Coach Rigby. Uh, who is going to be uh, driving up to Clarksville tomorrow. And then I'm going to because the team flew directly team played at Iowa State on Sunday. They flew directly from Iowa State. Oh, To that would make sense. Because they didn't think, yeah, they didn't want to go home, have maybe a day at home and then turn around and, and travel to Clarksville from Troy. So they went straight to Clarksville. They've been there since Sunday night, maybe Monday. And uh, and and now I'm I'm gonna head up there. Tournament games on Wednesday and Thursday, and I should be back in time to do Friday's show. And uh, Brian Matthews
0: will be joining us. I train was it the train? No, there, I just there, reminded I, because you. I narrowly. No, it's one of those. Oops, uh, oh, did he forget it was Monday? Yeah.
3: Well, there's a, you know he's had some stuff going on. Like uh, there, that's a, oh it's yeah, a busy. That's
0: fine. I mean, it, it is. I mean, there, there have been games and interviews and practice. I mean. We had we had Hugh Freeze meet with the media Saturday, uh players today, basketball yesterday, signing day Wednesday. And yeah, I would, it's pretty busy. I would encourage folks. Uh
3: Auburn puts it on YouTube, a lot of the beat writers put it on YouTube. You should check out Hugh Freeze from Saturday, right? Very like,
0: I, again, he is he is more straightforward yes. with his answers. Uh, I I I really appreciated his response about the transfer portal when he said he felt he hadn't done a, good, a very good job approaching this. And we'll, we'll, we can sort of go into some explanations about this. Look, he has prioritized high school recruiting, and he also talked about his way of recruiting, what he feels he is good at is building relationships, face-to-face dealings, with players and their families, and 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 being able to use that to really help build a relationship in the transfer portal, you're very fortunate if you get that opportunity. And and he he said as much, because uh, Auburn had set up Auburn had set up quite a few players to come in and visit closer to the closer to when the high school and junior college players were going to be signing and quite a few of them never made it to Auburn. Gone ahead and made up their mind, committed somewhere else, and that's it. So Auburn, you know, misses out on a few players that they really would have liked to have had, but it is a very difficult situation to sort of juggle when you're not 100% sure who you're going to be signing. So how many open spots you have how many needs you have and let's face it one thing he didn't mention you also while you're trying to woo high school players it's probably not advantageous to bring in a transfer an experienced transfer at that same position before they sign and you're re-recruiting your own roster
3: as right. well i mean you've got you've got it's juggling i mean you've oh, got three absolutely different is. You, between recruiting high school players recruiting the transfer portal and re-recruiting your own roster, it is a—I mean, it's a carnival act. And uh, yeah, I understand it's tough for coaches. And what I thought you were going to say, Bill, is there's also—and I think this this factors into where Hugh Freeze prioritizes high school versus transfer portal recruiting. It also, I think, explains to a degree his answer about quarterbacks, which is a- another thing people should absolutely go back and mm-hmm. like if you. Even if you don't usually watch Hugh Freeze's press conferences, I would say find a way to watch the one, you know, look it up on YouTube or something. Find a way to watch the one from Saturday, especially his answer about why Auburn is doing what they're doing, which we'd sort of heard from people who have conversations with Hugh Freeze, not uh, with microphones around, uh, you know, talking about what Auburn was probably going to do once the portal was open at at quarterback if – if, if Thorne was in for another year and the coaching staff thought they could win with with Peyton Thorne uh, and, and the right adjustments around Peyton Thorne. But what's important to remember, we're probably talking about a limited number of resources here, not just resources inside the program, recruiting and analyzing these players, but also, and again, we don't know this, but we, we don't know the dollars and cents behind the NIL uh, uh, offers that are playing a role in recruiting both high-level, super high-level high school players and transfer portal players. We don't know if you Freeze would, have, would, would be making a choice and, so, okay, and saying, well, if I really want quarterback X from the portal, it might not leave enough money
0: for... Well, and the, other, the, the, other, the other factor is if you even show interest in another quarterback the quarterbacks on your roster might leave, and then you don't necessarily get that quarterback you're going at. There's so many things that play a factor. in. First of all, you had better, and, and he said this, you had better know that whoever you're bringing in is the guy, that there's no question that anybody else is not going to be, because when you when you bring them in, you're probably going to lose – other other players that felt like they were gonna be competing or were gonna be starting. Would the would the old
3: miss example maybe fly in the face of that a little bit where Jackson well, Dart was there and it, he stayed it, and, well, and that, that,
0: Spencer Sanders comes in and the, well if ask me again in a month. You're right. If there's a you're quarterback right. out there in a month that hasn't found a that hasn't found a gig, then then they'll probably do it. Spencer Sanders seemed like um under recruited, right for for well, what he, he was. Yeah, he seemed like uh, maybe he wasn't a gently used piece of equipment or something. It was like he seemed to be. Well, con- there was concern about was he really that good? And then looking back at it, it's like yeah, there he is. He was the backup this the, year. Maybe the transmission was yeah, making weird noises or something. Maybe or, they were a little worried about that. Yeah, no. I, but I mean, yes. When when you're in when you're at this stage right here, uh, and you're going. You know, if you're you're gonna go, you're gonna go all in for for a, a especially like a quarterback. I'll tell you what: if there were a Spencer Sanders
3: esque example out there, if there were, because the other thing to remember about Spencer Sanders was the rumor was that one of the reasons he chose Ole Miss was a belief that working with Lane Kiffin could help him quickly pivot to coaching if his yeah, playing. Well, career, maybe maybe so. And, and we've seen other young uh, right? young analysts and young coaches who have started their career with Lane Kiffin and very quickly have found themselves working their way up the ladder. So I think that would actually make some sense if if, if that was if he didn't like his offers from the Power Five level and there was a chance to come in and be a backup who gets an early start on his coaching career with Lane Kiffin. If there were a player like that a month from now, especially if Auburn were to yeah. lose anyone else in the portal at quarterback... I think that
0: would be an insurance policy mm-hmm. for Peyton Thorne that has played more college someone football. Someone who would be willing to come in and accept being a backup. Right. Who, mean, who could who could maybe still be not
3: necessi- I mean who's played more college football than Holden? Yeah. Right? Like, oh, like yeah. So,
0: someone in, in that
3: situation because and I still think Holden I mean that that strikes me as the guy if Peyton Thorne falters at any point mm-hmm. in the off season or during the season that they'll give the most serious look to but no I, I don't know if you know, and I am compelled by the example that people are mentioning. Where, if you look at the quarterbacks who were in year one this season, I think Hugh Freeze said this at the press conference: "Who set the world on fire in year one?" Well, from the portal or last year. I Should, mean, you could say Shadur Sanders. Well, Caleb Williams won the Heisman.
0: That's, in, in year that's one. That's true. Year but one. I mean, most quarterbacks in year most quarterbacks have a m- substantial improvement in year two. Especially, especially if they miss
3: spring practice mm-hmm. in in year one, because you look in this season. I mean, your best examples would be, what, DJU, Shadur Sanders. Like, who were, the, who were the biggest transfer portal impact players in, in, the, in playing year one at a school? Peyton Thorne, I guess, would be in, in that conversation. A bunch of guys in year two who had, oh, yeah. who had yeah. outstanding seasons at their, at their respective schools. You look in guys like, um, I mean, well, around, around college football, Caleb Williams was in year two. Jaden Daniels Jay, yes. was in year two. Bo Nix, uh, Pennix. Uh, Cam Ward w- was in year – I mean, there's, there's a lot of – Spencer Rattler was, mm-hmm. in, was in year two. I mean, so there's a, there's a bunch of guys who put together really nice seasons in their second year, especially guys who didn't have the luxury of going through spring practice in that first season. That's another reason to think. And I think uh, Hugh Freeze was asked about what it would mean for Peyton Thorne to have a full off season, including the spring, as the quarterback. And you know, it, it seems like Hugh Freeze is someone who believes in his own ability to coach players, especially quarterbacks – maybe that plays a role in in Hugh Freeze not thinking oh we need to we need to uh, give up on Peyton Thorne and go try for for someone who seems like an upgrade in the portal right now maybe he thinks he can get
0: more out of Peyton Thorn than he's than he's gotten so far yeah uh, so so i think that uh, that hopefully that can that can calm down the we got to have a quarterback thing first first thing auburn needs to do right now is try to get everybody's names Locked down on Wednesday. Everybody that, is, that, uh, that they want and that, well, it's committed. And there are a couple of other guys that they would like to add to that. So we'll talk about that. Brian Matthews on his way in. We will uh, we'll talk with him about that, about the start of practice. I guess we can go ahead. We'll go ahead and uh, talk about the guys that will not be out there. They're just a few. Um, you know, we, we knew that DJ James was not going to participate, was uh, opting out of the bowl game. And uh, then we found out, uh, was it, did we find out Friday or was it over the weekend that Mark, about Marcus? I think it was Friday because we were talking about it, weren't we, Friday? Yeah, we were when, when there was the expectation of uh, Joey Slackman coming in. So we, we were already talking about that. Nehemiah Pritchett will not play in the bowl game. but But J.D. Rim's name was mentioned. At the
3: press conference by Hugh Freeze. It, it
0: was. The interesting thing today, though, when the players um, met with the media, Keontae Scott said he is moving to corner, and he is moving to corner for the bowl game. So Keontae Scott will be at one corner most likely Kay and Lee, you would think, now would that, get to start at the other corner.
3: That distinction that Keontae Scott is moving there for the <laughs> game, that, that doesn't mean he's moving back to the inside for the spring, does it? It means he's No, he is
0: going to be a corner. Well, I he's, think he's his outsider. main reason yes. for returning to Auburn, one of the main reasons for returning to Auburn, is to show NFL scouts how he plays as a corner. He said, they've got two years of good film on me at the nickel. Now they'll have... This year, with me at
3: the corner. And that's uh, something that Jason pointed out when we were sort of discussing – a couple of weeks ago, we were discussing with, with Jason Caldwell about whether or not Keontae could, could help himself by coming back. And Jason mentioned, well, he'd probably move outside if he mm-hmm. came back. And you know I, that had not occurred to me. And it totally makes sense that if Keontae a, – a, like, as good as he has been in two seasons –
0: He could prove prove you prove you can be a cover corner in the SEC. And yeah, that that will uh, that'll bump your uh, your stock up quite a
3: bit. Sure. And it's it's going to be a secondary that still probably needs incoming talent to Mm -hmm. help out. Oh, yes. Sounds like Auburn is. I mean, with the the A.J. Harris news, right? I mean, that's
0: yeah. Hopefully you hear something really, really soon there. I mean, you would think someone who is from, you know, just just over in uh, Phoenix City. And Auburn really, really pushed last year, but it was too little, too late. He goes to Georgia, gets in seven games this year. Uh, played played a you know a decent amount for Georgia this year, and uh, and visits Auburn. The first place he comes to visit is Auburn. Uh, this this is one where you really hope you hear something here soon. Hope it goes like a lot of players when they when they make that visit to the place where it looks like they'll probably wind up that they go ahead and add him cuz that would be a huge that'd be a huge pickup. Uh you saw where his teammate Jamon Dumas Johnson also in over the weekend.
3: Yeah, a couple couple the of former big, Georgia
0: linebacker. A couple of very highly touted former Georgia players, you know. I think I think the
3: top 4 defensive players in the portal right now. We're talking about this a little bit last week. I think it's I think it's those two guys and the two defensive linemen from A&M are considered mm-hmm. like the top 4 players in the portal right now, I, I didn't realize LT Overton had such such deep ties to the Tuscaloosa area, and I yeah. su- I would I would suspect that's where that's where he's probably ending up, which is a nice pick. That's a nice pickup for just about anybody. Uh, Juice Wells uh,
0: going to Ole Miss, which is Lane is. I mean, is, yeah. I mean he, if he's not the portal king, he is definitely royalty. You know what? Next year is at least
3: it seems to me, Bill, and you 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 could you might agree. What it's
0: it's do it's it's now or never. No, it's a good
3: what? it's a good year not to have them on the
0: schedule. Oh, I was going to say, but for Ole Miss, sure, if they're going to if they're going to make a run, it's next year. I mean, they would have been in a twelve team playoff this year, right? You know, just and they should, and, and they appear to be better, you know, better set I, for it next year. I would
3: expect them to open next season as a preseason top ten team, mm-hmm. right? Like I think that's where people are going to have Ole Miss. We'll see how the the bowl game goes. Would it be is that is that right that this would be be the first 11 win season in Ole Miss history yes if if they win mm-hmm. the uh, the bowl game against Penn State so yeah I mean we'll, we'll see how it uh we'll see how it looks uh this uh this season but that's a that is a really nice pickup for a team Juice Wells really nice pickup for a team that already brings oh, back no kidding a, uh, a a really you know an, an arsenal well, of
0: skill position players it, it's it's interesting you have seen different schools put more emphasis on one area than the other. I mean, and Hugh Hugh Freeze mentioned this. I mean, he wants to emphasize high school recruiting and would like to supplement that with the transfer portal. Ole Miss is, I mean, they're prioritized the transfer portal and then hope they can bring in a few high schoolers as well. And they've they've landed a couple of impact high schoolers.
3: Quint, they have Judkins would be the, the most. He but but it's it's funny Auburn and Alabama neither one
0: really pushed
3: for him. No, and and didn't they both didn't they both have in state running backs they liked more? Yeah, than, than Judkins wasn't that sort of the deal where he was squeezed out by because I, I think that would have been Damari would have been the. Yeah, he's not have, an
0: in state kid though. Uh,
3: no, but they but they had a running. Right. I think they both had running backs that they. That they liked more in, in the uh, in, in recruiting, but no, I mean that's the, the Ole Miss looks like. I mean, Juice Wells another nice pickup for a uh, uh, for, for an Ole Miss team that uh, has uh, has found its way into uh, picking up some some nice talent in the portal.
0: We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Brian Matthews joins us, uh, and we'd love for you to as well. You can give us a call on the drive hotline. Presented by Skybar, that number, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show,
3: 334-564-1840 on the drive text box. Presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts.
0: We're right back. Come on in and join us here on the Monday Drive.
1: It's time to stop. And 106.7. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at at espnau.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon, 22 minutes after 4 o'clock. Bill, Dan, and Brian Matthews from now joining us here in the studio. Drew at the Controls. B-Matt,
4: how's it going? It's going good. I'm ready for signing day. Just two more days.
0: Yeah, that that's uh, uh, that's about here. There's A lot has been going on. I mean, players visiting high yeah. school, uh, transfer portal, yep. uh, the start of bowl practice, and then basketball yesterday. Another um, fun game in front of a uh, packed house. Yesterday is Auburn Spanks USC in a ball game that was it it wasn't as close as the final score. Auburn, I felt like if um uh, uh, maybe if a whistle or two hadn't been blown. I think Auburn Auburn was 20 Auburn was easily a 20 point better team than than Southern Cal and, yeah. and it showed throughout.
4: Yeah, I think team is the right word because uh you know Boogie Ellis is a great player and they've got a, a, several great players or very good players, but Auburn was a better team and that showed pretty much as soon as the game got going, really. And um, I'm impressed with this team because I think what we're seeing is, is people starting to fill roles, but s- people still growing within this team. When you're rotating 11 guys, it's not going to happen at once, but you can really see it starting to come together. And they don't rely on one player. J- Jani Broom has not.
0: No, Jani struggled for three straight couple, games. Couple, yeah. Dylan, Dylan, I thought, was just excellent
3: yep. yesterday.
4: Stepped up. And that, that's what this team keeps doing. Somebody, somebody will step up each game. Or two well, or three guys, and
3: it seems like you you can't overplay any one element of this team if you're an opposing defense. Like we've seen this team do a really good job of. Okay, if a team's going to dare Auburn to shoot threes, they're going to hit threes. If they're yeah. going to if they're going to leave the lane open for Dylan to, uh, to 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 crash to the basket, then that that's what they're going to do, but, but it's,
4: they want to play zone. Uh, Jalen Williams is going to move right to the middle and destroy your zone. Yeah. I I I described
3: it as, I described it as counter punching on the observer podcast, right? Like Auburn's D Auburn's offense has done a really good job this year of any, any sort of strategy that an opposing defense employs Auburn has had an answer for even, I mean, I think they had the right plan against app state. It was just, they couldn't hit shots in the in the app state game like for the most part like that was like i think they've they've been able to figure out what they need to do against whatever a defense throws at them and when it's been successful Notre Dame Indiana mm-hmm. St. Bonaventure and and Sunday uh, you know this this game against USC uh, you know it it's been you know it's it's been really frustrating for the other team
4: yeah and i think the area of the team that impresses me the most is point guard it's the youngest position on the team but Uh, This was a stat put up by um, Ferguson, Justin Ferguson, right after the game. But Aiden Holloway and Trey Dawson last three games, 78 points, 25 assists, two turnovers. They just don't – they don't
0: turn the ball over much at all. I mean, even in in, in what's appeared to be bad games, they've had like three turnovers.
4: Yeah, they've just been terrific. And – uh, I, I just I, I just think they're going to keep growing, right? I think I think there's they haven't reached you know close to what they can. Oh do. no!
0: I mean, look at how much better Trey is now mm-hmm. than he was a year ago, and you've seen him improve that much this year. And Aiden is a true freshman, so yep. I mean, what a, what an unbelievable situation
4: you've got there at Point. Yeah, it's a fun team to watch too because mm-hmm. they play played some of different players, have much depth. You just don't know what's going to happen, game in and game out. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, and
4: and any player
0: can be you know can have an off night, and somebody else seems to step up. So. Yep. Uh, it, it has been. I mean, there are a lot of people saying, oh, he's, Bruce is going to have to cut this thing down from playing 10 or 11. He's going <laughs> to no. have to get it down to seven or eight. I no. don't think
4: so. Mm-mm. That's the strength of this team. And you would think that as the season goes on and, and you get through a really tough SEC schedule, being able to play 11 players is going to benefit Auburn as we get the stretch run into February March I and going into the tournament.
3: I think, in, in fact, I, I feel strongly enough about it. I think if you tried to cut this team down to seven – Ooh. and if you tried to play a seven man rotation with this team, you would have to slow down the defensive pressure. You'd have to play more conventional half court offense and run less. And I think it would be playing into the weaknesses yeah. of this team. I think the strength one of the strengths of this team is that you can ask everyone to play full throttle for <laughs> 15 to 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that if they're playing thirty-three minutes a game because there's only seven of them.
4: I think it would also really hurt the chemistry of this team.
0: Oh, absolutely! You've got guys that expect to be able to get in, and yeah. if they didn't, uh, that, that you know that that wouldn't be good. If they did get in, then they yep. then they might become more selfish. Exactly. Right, right now, this is such an unselfish team, and the number of assists, the just just the assists, game in game out. I mean, it's uh, it's just been phenomenal. Yes. Let's get to the uh, drive hotline, 334-321-1390. Yellowhammer gets us started. Hey, Yellowhammer. What's up, Hammer? Hey, afternoon. Hey, hey.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I was listening to your discussion about the basketball team, and I, I was thinking, you know, we've got 11 guys. There ought to be somebody in there who can shoot. And uh, that was a discussion before the Indiana game, but – you know, if Auburn could just be a good shooting team, they'd be a good basketball shot team. Shot it pretty well anybody. the last few
0: games, Yellowhammer. We've shot it. I mean, it's it's Auburn had about a three- or four-game stretch where they didn't. Started the season shooting it well, uh, went into about a three-game team sort of slump. But the last three games, they've shot it pretty darn well. Well, that's what I'm going to say, is that
2: uh, is this a spike or is this who we are?
0: <laughs> I th- I think they've got a lot of guys that can shoot it. I mean, it's... I'm not surprised when Aiden or Denver or Trey or Jalen. I mean, they've got they've got quite a few guys that can really shoot it pretty well. So uh, the, the the good. I mean, the scary thing for some teams is um, if a bunch of them get hot, you're really in trouble.
4: Yeah, I think the three for twenty-seven was an outlier. Yes, I, I don't I think do too. Them, them shooting well is an outlier at all. Well, with
2: eleven guys on, uh, you can really put the the defensive squeeze on people. uh, My God, that would be rough for anybody to wade through.
0: Yeah. It's really been obvious seeing some teams sort of just be gassed by the end of halves against Auburn.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. Yellowhammer.
0: Shane is up next. Hey, Shane.
5: Hey guys. How y'all doing? Doing fine. I I was kind of going to say some of the same things. Um, about the the depth that we have uh it just seems it seems like um you know how auburn football was this year where we haven't had that depth that that uh, that every other team needed and we would play strong play hard for three and a half quarters and then just added gas mm-hmm. and i think that the opposite is going to happen for the for the basketball team you know um we we have that depth more than most
2: most teams do
5: and we'll see the other teams that are, that are going to be the ones that are gassed by the end of the fourth, by the end of the second half. And I think we're going to win a lot of football games. I mean, excuse, excuse me, uh, a lot of basketball games that way.
4: No, I, I agree. I think that's a, a a huge advantage for Auburn, and I think it would be a mistake to try to move away from it. And I think you just keep building with what you got.
3: It's a characteristic of Bruce's best teams, you know, at Auburn and elsewhere that that he's been able to attack uh, this way. And we talked to Dylan Cardwell uh, last week. About it and by the way, the fact that we have Jason Caldwell and Dylan Cardwell every week is going to be something that I struggle with. <laughs> yeah at least all, we don't have them
0: on the same day all
3: season so they may just be, <laughs> they may just be Jason and Dylan when, when I talk about them so I don't mess up the names. But talking to Dylan last week and he said it does it requires a special kind of player to, to buy in and and agree to change your role. You think about like Denver Jones. he was playing 34, 35 minutes a game mm-hmm. last year. he was shooting the ball 15 or 16 times a game. Like, it's a big adjustment. It takes the right kind of player mentally and, and, and the right kind of uh, – uh, it, it's, a, it's a character thing. To, and and it's, uh, it's, it's paid off finding the right combination of guys
0: uh, with the right mentality. Appreciate the call, Shane. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Sherry, hold on. You're up when we come back here on the Monday Drive.
1: Bank on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive. 25 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Monday afternoon with Bill, Dan, and Brian. Got Drew at the controls and Sherry is up next on the drive hotline hey sherry
2: hey i had uh three quick things and for y'all and then i'll hang up um the first one y'all been talking about the guard play and some other um people on the team but jalen williams in my opinion has just been killing it um second thing um bronnie james you know seemed to get all the attention and all for the for the game I don't think a lot of people realize
0: that Dennis Rodman's son was on the team as mm-hmm. well, yep. on USC. Yeah, I mean he um, he uh he played more than yeah. uh, than than Bronny yeah. did. DJ yeah. DJ
3: was a Washington State player for I mm-hmm. think the first 3 or 4 years of his college basketball career before transferring to uh, to USC. There's also someone on USC has yeah. a has an older brother who just went in the lottery. So there's like a bunch of uh, in, in the NBA draft lottery. So there's a Uh, you know, several, several sort of famous players, but with, with Bronny and and we'll let you finish Sherry, but with, with Bronny, um, he wasn't a dominant high school player. Like he's a legitimate college basketball prospect and and probably someone who should be at the major conference level. But I think any expectation that he's going to, he's going to have a, I mean, even if he'd had a normal off season, which he most certainly did not with the health episode, like, I think that, that any expectation that he was going to come in and be a a dominant college player from, from day one was probably built around fandom of his father more, more than anything else, more than anything you'd seen from him as a player so far. Like I think he could be, he could be very good uh, before he leaves college basketball, but it's going to take, it's going to take some time. And I think that was on display yesterday. Okay. And then uh, the last
2: thing, Robbie Ashford, where does he go from here? Does he have to go down a conference, or can he stay at this level? Well, um, thank you guys. Y'all do a great job. Thank you. All right, Sherry, appreciate
4: the call. A very interesting question because um, the NCAA lost another lawsuit concerning um, restrictions of transfers. Uh, of uh, uh, division a- one, or, or just athletes in general, the, student athletes. Is this the temporary restraining yeah. order yeah. Mm-hmm. That you're talking about? Yeah. So right now he could go anywhere, but then again, if if that's overturned, he could and and lose that his eligibility the, the hearing
0: and... on that is coming up on the 27th. Yeah. So um, I think most players are going to wait and see what happens there. Right. Robbie has said that uh, he's that he's planning on graduating, right, and being a graduate transfer. He's. He's uh, either going to graduate in the spring or summer, Right. hoping to try to graduate in the spring. So he's planning on staying here and graduating. But, I mean, you could still commit somewhere. You could, exactly. still, you could still do that. Yeah. Although, but I he will guess. not be a part of the football team.
4: So if he graduates, he can go to graduate transfer anywhere he wants to be immediately That's eligible. Right. There's also a possibility, and I think a high possibility, that the NCAA loses another lawsuit which well, they've lost just about every well, single I, I, one I, they've been involved in.
0: I think what's likely I, it's not unlikely that the TRO will not be overturned and right. and that would allow anyone so, to transfer at any time. Right. Certainly With cer- immediate certainly
3: some high level basketball programs are proceeding as though they they think the TRO is not going to be overturned because they're playing mm-hmm. they're playing players that would lose a year of eligibility if they uh, if they if, if the TRO is overturned. Uh, right now, you're seeing a lot of that. You know, we talked about it since since the uh, since the ruling with Robbie. The market's going to decide if he has to drop down a level or not. I think his desire to play quarterback versus what coaches envision him as uh, is is going to be
0: part of that. Do you do you think a position change is something that that could be? I don't think so. I don't think so right now. I think Robbie is going to try to be a quarterback, and if not, I wouldn't be shocked to see him. Uh, Try baseball. Today. I was going to say, is a position change
3: to uh, to, Center like, field? to outfield more <laughs> likely than than, me a, in, coach. than a position coach to uh, yeah than a position change to something else on a on a football field? No, I think he's got opportunities available to him depending on what he wants to do mm-hmm. and, and what uh, and,
0: and what the market uh, and what, what the market's like for him. All right, um, before we get back to the phone, we haven't really discussed this, Brian. I mean, let's talk about the the subtractions, the addition. That Auburn has had. Auburn picked up a commitment from the transfer portal. Uh, There are a couple of guys that Auburn had been pursuing that uh, look like they have decided to go elsewhere. I mean, before we even get into high school recruiting, there's some transfer portal news.
4: Right. So Auburn has 12 outgoing. And and really the main ones that are going to stand out to me of that group would be uh, Tyler Fromm, who's already committed to Georgia Southern, um, Robbie Ashford we talked about, Javarius Johnson. Did
0: you see Amari Kelly to Middle Tennessee?
4: No, I didn't see that. Yeah, so he's okay. going up
0: joining uh, Derek Mason. Well, good Kendall Simmons is up there now.
4: Good, good for them. Very good for them. That's, that's excellent. Um, and then, of course, uh, Robert Lewis, wide receiver from Georgia State, uh, committed um, I think about a week or so ago. Right. And then Gage Keys committed, I think it was yesterday or the day before.
0: Yeah, just over the weekend.
4: Yep. And uh, he is a defensive line from Kansas. Auburn needs a starting defensive tackle out of the portal, in my opinion. Um, I don't think he's that. I think what he is is a rotational player that can come in and has a couple years of eligibility and can just be part of that rotation. But I don't think he's uh, is a productive enough guy to come in here and be a, another Marcus Harris type. So. He,
0: he
3: started his career. Was it Minnesota? I believe, I believe Gage Keys is another player, not unlike Robbie Ashford, where I think he's eligible because of the TRO, because this is his second transfer as an undergraduate, he went from Minnesota. Is he not a grad transfer? I mean, he's. I mean, this was his. Uh, this was his. Uh, this will be his fifth year. This. Yeah, he's a. He's a currently. He just finished his fourth year in college football, uh-huh. uh, but he didn't go into the portal until after the restraining order was uh, was was issued, which does make you wonder. Yeah, I, if I had
0: just read. I'd read from Kansas be, that he was a grad transfer. May, maybe he's. Maybe he's a grad. I, I'd read that I he. Think, did, yeah, I mean, there was. A, I read a story from. From Manhattan, saying that he just graduated. But he is also
3: so, so he's regardless of the and and I think we could find out in a week or so. This is going to be terribly important. But he is uh, he's somebody who played a lot of college football last year. At Had not Kansas. played an awful lot before. Had not, but but was one of the most. Uh, I think in in total snaps was among the top defensive linemen in Power Five football last year. Was one of the uh was one of the uh, that
0: was I think that was the, the Kansas paper. Reporting him, okay. Because like I, I read something that he was very productive, but he played the seventh most snaps for Kansas this past, past season. This past year, that's that's one thing I read. I I don't know. I, I haven't read enough about uh, about the young man, but he's a he's an impressive looking guy. He's like six five, two
4: ninety. He's definitely a death piece, though. They're not expecting him to come in here and be a, a full time SEC starter right away. So, um, so that those are the additions now. A couple of guys, Joey Slackman, we
0: talked about. Um, Friday, we mentioned that he had uh, apparently canceled his visit to Auburn he's committed to Florida.
4: Yep. Yep, but uh, I mean you never know. Uh, Matthew Bedford is a guy that Auburn um, was interested in. He committed to Colorado and just decommitted from Colorado. So these well, things are still going on here. Well,
0: Auburn had the situation last year with Avery Jones. Yep. Avery Jones had committed to Purdue and then uh, right. and and then signed with uh signed with Auburn. So I mean, yeah, you just you just don't know. Uh mm-hmm. but th- this is that's why this is a crazy time with regular recruiting, and transfer portal recruiting. Let's get back to the drive hotline. And Marcus is up next. Hey, Marcus.
5: Hey, guys. How are y'all? Doing fine. Hey, just like Brian said, I don't think the kid from Kansas is going to be a starter, but I think they were really hoping the kid from Penn would come in and be able to be a starter. Mm -hmm. With that being said, is there anybody else they're really targeting hard in the transfer portal? And why do we seem to be struggling a little bit in the transfer portal? I mean you would think the NIL money would be at Auburn and the opportunity to come in and play immediately on the defensive line because we certainly need some help there. So and I thought that I thought we had some good relationships built with the defensive line coach and some of these guys. Any idea what's going on? Are we just not pursuing these guys quite as hard as I thought we were? Well or is um, there just something that counting on
4: You Freeze talked about this Saturday specific mm-hmm. specific and he said he didn't think he was doing a good job. And I think what he's really referring to is you likes to build these long-term relationships. He likes to sit down with these guys, get to know them personally.
0: And he wanted to set yeah. aside time for them to do it, but it wasn't right then. Right. You know, because he's been so busy focusing on high school recruiting yep. that he wanted to wait till he had a little more time. And by the time he's had more time, those players have decided Got, to go somewhere like else.
4: Fernando Carmona Jr., the big offensive lineman for the San Jose yep. say, a guy Auburn really, really liked. They set up a visit with him, but he went to, I guess he went to Arkansas. And it was over. Scurry, Yeah. Another, another one. one yeah. I
0: mean, uh, so. So, the, so they're going to
4: have to change. They will learn from this. Right, right. But there are hey, some guys are still. Go ahead.
5: What about the guy from Michigan State, the defensive lineman? Yeah. Are we still in with him?
4: Yep. Um, he was yes, in Oregon this past schools, weekend. Oregon and Ohio State. Ohio State, State. yeah. So that's going to be a battle. But yeah, Aubrey's still involved with him. And I do think he is a guy that can come in and be a, a starter at defensive tackle which Auburn really needs. Yeah, right now,
0: Auburn's, I mean, you know, until the other day, until Marcus Harris made it official, I mean, it didn't look like a sure thing for a defensive transfer to be able to step in and start. Now Auburn can say, look, yeah. here it is. Yeah. I mean, this Bobby Jamison Travis is the most experienced guy we have there at defensive tackle.
4: And he's really a nose guard. Yeah. Uh, um, I I, think, and the one other kid, okay. there's a
5: high school senior that's committed to the Florida right now, out of North Carolina. But everybody thinks he may leave Florida. That's mm-hmm. Morris Williams.
4: Yeah, just, yeah.
5: They're, I've heard he's just a phenomenal high school player. That he can get some reps as a freshman. You all feel pretty good about the flip
4: for him. I do, and uh, he is. He can. Uh, he's an extremely athletic defensive lineman. He's about six three, but can definitely play that defensive end position and be a a guy who is going to get off blocks, make tackles for loss, uh, rush the quarterback. Be a very athletic guy out there at the five-tech type.
0: Marcus, I'd be, right now, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't sign yeah. with Auburn.
4: Yeah, looking good there. Well,
0: oh,
5: We need him. I think he would help us a lot. you think there's one more receiver we're going to try to get in the portal? Yes. Do you think there's somebody else out there? And I know there's a second portal, so there's another yeah. opportunity to get some good players, too. Yeah,
4: I don't, I don't know of any right now they're targeting or they have a shot with. But, yes, I do think they will seek that. And it makes a lot of sense for them to wait until uh, the May period because – you know, they're about to sign for the best receivers in you, you the want country. To wait, you
0: wanna wait and make sure what happens with Ryan right, Williams. And
4: then the Ryan Williams battles Ooh. is going all the way to February's whatever his birthday is 9th. ninth. Yeah, February ninth. So
5: do you think that we have a legitimate shot at Ron, the kid from Sierra or you think he's just kind of gonna stay with Alabama regardless?
4: I mean, if I had to put money on it, I'd put it on Auburn right now. Oh, yeah? I mean, that's, mm, that's, mean that's, I'd, that could
0: change. I'd probably hesitantly put it on Alabama. Okay. But I mean, Auburn's got a shot. Yeah.
3: Brian Matthews thinks Auburn is the favorite? Right mm, now, for or you think you're or you, that's It's you a think, long way to favor. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I know I, 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 I just don't want to take them out of context, you know. What yeah. I mean? like, uh,
5: but that hey, is, do the we deal, think though. we're going to get one more offensive tackle so we can move the kid from Tulsa down from tackle into guard where he probably needs to be playing anyway? They
4: really, really want that. They missed out on a couple of guys. I mentioned Matthew Bedford right. is now decommitted from Colorado. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I uh, can get yeah. back in there. I but, mean, yeah, Carmona.
0: That, and there was another one. Uh, who was the other? There was another um, tackle that, that they were very much in on um
4: uh the, pa- the pounders kid he was a guard a makeland pounders was he a guard attack i can't um, remember i think he may have been a cohen tackle. eccles yeah, uh yeah well cohen is a high school kid he that's is a true. guard that's true um that's an interesting one commit a and go ahead do you
5: think when it's all said and done next wednesday we're a top seven class
4: maybe the thing with auburn right now in the high school class is they have 20 commitments I think two of those guys are going to sign with other schools, not high-profile guys, just guys that um, they sort of mutually decided to depart. I'm not talking about Perry Thompson. But um, that gives them 18, and I'm not sure they're going to get enough. Right, to really, really move up. So we'll see. They may surprise that was, me. That was – th- Because the this, this staff can really, really recruit, and a lot can change just over those two days because I know it's a dead period, but you can still be on the phone. Yep. And there's that big thing called NIL. Zoom, Skype, whatever. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. And I and I enjoy Marcus's calls. That was that was really good stuff. Appreciate it, Marcus. But I, I felt like there were a couple times there where I wanted to hear. I thought Brian dropped something really juicy, and then, <laughs> then we, and then we changed subjects. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute, Brian! Like, there's 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 more. Uh, there's more. Oh, by the way, on on Gauge Keys. Um, and, and here's here's the mistake. So I was uh, I was since the the Kansas twenty four seven affiliate wrote in their article about he is in the portal. He announced that on social media. But but they said in their article about Gauge Keys. Uh, going into the portal, um, uh, he uh, let's see here. He's got the. I want to get the exact the, the exact sentence right. Uh, he played in every game as a rotation at defensive tackle, notched 21 tackles for four hurries. According to PFF, Keys played the 13th most snaps of any defensive player during the regular season, notching 301 reps over the 12 games. That's that's any defensive player on Kansas.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't that's, think that would.
3: That's the yeah, just
0: the... I, but. What, the, but he does. The, po- some, the point yeah. was, per snap,
3: he put pretty good pressure on the quarterback. And the point I was making is, you're getting someone who has played, like not not unlike Marcus, but more experienced. I guess more like uh, right. Kite as far as the impact. Like they're bringing in someone who has
4: who has gone. So he through...
3: transferred into Kansas when Marcus transferred to Auburn.
4: There you go. Yeah, how about that?
3: Well, I think they missed each other by a year, right? Because he only played one year at Kansas, right? And Marcus played two. And I think at, it was two years at Kansas. I think he was just was he, was he? Oh, he wasn't. He didn't yeah. make an impact that first year, yeah, and then right. played a lot more yeah. in the second. So maybe he was Marcus's replacement. That's what here I, at Kansas I to it to a degree, and he's, now he's he's
0: a the guy they brought in when Marcus transferred out.
3: Certainly. and there was a, That was the Lance Lee pulled off season where there was a there was a ton of movement mm-hmm. around Kansas. But that's a uh, no. I mean, I think it's a nice piece for Auburn. Well, they definitely needed they they needed just. You know, another body in there. Yeah. Sur- surprising there hasn't been news about Rodgers or Jones. I mean, those are both guys on the defensive well, line where... Justin Rodgers is going through bull practice. Which makes you think he's going to be back for another season. Not necessarily. Not a guarantee,
4: Not but... necessarily but it, it, on Justin. Yeah. I think... Uh, okay. I think... Um, uh, Jason Jones? Jason Jones will be back, but we'll see on Rodgers. We'll yeah, I, that's
0: the only thing I knew was that he was going through practice. Yeah. So... I mean, they need everybody. They, they, they need those guys for, for the bowl game.
4: Very thin on the defensive line mm-hmm. uh, in the secondary and wide receiver for the bowl game. Oh, yeah. We'll get to our final break
0: of hour number one. Come on in and join us here on the Monday Drive.
1: This is Zach Alselbrook with Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes here of hour number one. Bill and Dan joined by Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Yeah, it's, it's tough, Brian. I mean, there's so many different things going on, and and, and uh, I didn't realize you guys had already done a rundown today.
4: Yeah, we went ahead and did it today. It just worked out better for us. And um,
0: well, everybody in town. I mean, yep. interviews. Of course, there's player interviews tomorrow again. A little
4: bit later tomorrow, so it pushes everything back. Yeah, a that's bit. true. Yeah,
0: and then uh, and then. Uh, right now, Hugh Freeze is scheduled to meet with the media at 1230 yep. on Wednesday to go over the signing class.
4: So that, which means they're expecting everybody, everybody to be
0: signed at them, By lunchtime. Yeah, which would be great. Well, that would yep. be. Yep. That would be. I mean, you always hear, well, there might be somebody else. Right. Because right. there always could be. I mean, yeah. you, you might convince someone who hadn't either planned on signing during the early signing period or something like that yeah. uh, to sign. Well, I thought there was one of the guys. It was uh, thought one of the guys was going to wait until his birthday. Maybe it's somebody Auburn isn't getting, and so I don't have to is worry it, about. it. not Ryan Williams waiting until his birthday? Well, he's going to wait February. I 9th. think it
4: was Amaris Williams who had talked about it. Maybe, may have been. But I, I, I think everybody. I think he, he's going to go ahead and sign Wednesday. I think. Oh, that's okay. Right. I think let's, that's right. yeah, let's let's get back to the phone. We got
0: a couple of minutes left here. in hour number one, and John is up next. Hey, John.
2: Hey. Good afternoon. I, uh, <clears throat> I was at the game uh, yesterday with a wife, and uh, that's probably the most fun most you can have at 12 o'clock on a uh, Sunday afternoon. <laughs> uh, thought I heard a familiar voice and looked up, and uh, that was you I introduced myself to, Bill. So uh, nice to put a face to the voice. Yeah, it's funny. Uh,
0: John was there in front of me. You know who said Who was directly in front of me? Steve Witten. Oh, yeah. How about Steve that? Witten, our, our boss here, was like sitting, I mean, right in front of me there. You, of course, you see the, the uh, accommodations that we have. Brian, Brian's going to have to, uh, he says he's going to have to go get, um, get some specs before he's comfortable up that high.
4: Uh, Yeah, I can't see up there, yeah. And I do do need to see an eye doctor really badly. John
0: John Hollinger
3: uh, is a former – used to work for the Memphis Grizzlies, basketball writer. I think he covers uh, basketball for the the Athletic now. And uh, he was at the game yesterday and mentioned – I think it was a play. He said, "I mean, is and, he the
4: one that ripped Auburn?" No, he was, Twitter, com- was He was it? no, he was fairly
3: well. See, now people think the the athletic article rips rips Auburn because it says Auburn spoiled Bronny's party or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the article then talks about how Auburn made the game anticlimactic because they dominated it. So uh, so significant. I'm thinking
4: about a tweet he, he made. But then, about, okay,
3: Hollinger said something about how. I think it was the goaltend towards the end of the first half when Andy Enfield wanted the, the broom block I'm off the about, backboard.
4: He, he took a picture of um, said he was Auburn's Huntsville. Final Four thing. It said something about Auburn put this up just because they made the one Final Four and, and got beat by Virginia or something like that. I don't remember what it was. Exactly. I didn't see that. John, yeah. Hey, John,
0: uh, you want to hang with us? We've got a uh, our top said, of the hour break. All
2: right. Well, no, when y'all can come back, can you ask Brian why uh, J.J. has decided to leave our leading wide receiver
0: Oh, we'll, better, we'll, yeah, we'll sure. we'll talk about that. Appreciate it, John. Right. Yeah, we've got to step aside for our top of the hour break. Come on in and join us in hour number two. It was a joke if you finished second on somebody in recruiting. Now,
4: yeah,
0: it can be very very important to finish second in very recruiting. Important. If if things don't go well for them when somebody goes to a school, if they go to a school and it doesn't go the way they thought it was going to go there, yep. they'll remember that other school. That recruited and recruited and recruited you, and that sort of leads me into a guy that is not a high schooler, but uh, was on campus this past yeah. weekend. That's A.J. Harris, exactly from from down the road at Central.
4: Exactly. Auburn has a great relationship. They recruited him really hard once you freeze uh, landed. Um, Zach Etheridge has done a great job, you know, building a relationship there. And as soon as he popped into the portal, it was Auburn, 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 Auburn was the first place he's gone. He may not go anywhere else. And that's what you got to have to strike mm-hmm. in the portal. You've got to have that relationship. It helps a lot. And then you got to be first in, right? So Auburn did that with A.J. Harris, and I really like Auburn's chances to uh, you know, potentially uh, sign him here soon. And, and it's interesting. I know there's some people that
0: are panicking because they haven't seen anything from A.J. Harris, who didn't speak with the media right. when he left. But I would not be surprised at all to have him announced – on Wednesday when signees are announced?
4: Could be. Could very well be. Yep. I, I, I can could, I could certainly see that Auburn's also uh, put together a really good class of high school um, defensive oh, backs. Oh, yes. Too. And there, there are always concerns. Every school re- recruiting Auburn's commitments are saying, well, Auburn's going to get this guy in the portal, that guy, and Auburn's doing the same thing. So there's, there's a whole lot, even though it's a dead period right now, there is still a whole lot of recruiting oh, going on. Absolutely, I wonder,
3: I wonder if uh, if landing uh, Cam Coleman would help with the AJ Harris sweepstakes. Sure too, wouldn't hurt. Were, I mean, because they, they they were on just a year oh. ago. They were teammates, yes. right? At, at, yes. at Central Phoenix yep. City, and uh, and and one would think that would be. I mean, as as you guys have both pointed out, that's not a place where Auburn has, um, you know, Auburn has had a ton of success landing uh, in demand players from from that school. And if you if you if you land. Uh, if you land Coleman and, and then flip well, you, Harris.
0: you've got a teammate of his and Dylan Gentry, who's a preferred, going to be a preferred walk-on yep. in Auburn too.
4: Yep. Um, yeah. I think that's turned now that, that whole central thing I think that's turned and um, yeah, uh, Kim Coleman's going to be enrolling in January. AJ Harris may be here with him. So that'd be, that'd be a nice reunion. And, and Auburn would really benefit from those two players next fall.
0: Now, another guy that Dan mentioned, I mean, I don't know if we did talk about him on the air, but KJ Bolden, right. another outstanding um, safety um, that, that, that Auburn has been trying to get away from Florida
4: State. Yeah, and he did visit Florida State this past weekend, but he didn't, he didn't completely shut the door, right? And it may be just because he likes to have some suspense and have some mm-hmm. fun with it. That's very much a possibility. But, you know, and I think right now I would say he's likely to sign with Florida State, but he's being recruited this very second by Auburn and other schools, so – you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what can change in wise either. So we'll see.
3: Yeah, I think Auburn might as well just build a spot across from Buford High School, mm-hmm. right? And they're you know just that'd, just that'd to be have, a smart place to do it. Yeah, yeah. just have, have have somewhere for the coaches to stay because they're going to be recruiting Thompson,
4: them. yeah, Sarah Land, yeah, yeah. yeah a couple
3: yeah. of them. so so the uh, uh, with 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 KJ. Well, I was wondering because I'd seen reports that he he wants to try to play receiver. Uh, on top of what he's going to do uh, in, in the secondary. I know some of the services list him as an athlete yeah. rather than a, a defensive back uh, in, in recruiting. And you know, I wonder if it's like, now that we've seen what Shohei Otani does, more pitchers believe they can be hitters or vice versa. You know, guys believe they can do uh, uh, dual roles. And I wonder if Travis, uh, uh, Travis Hunter, uh, these last couple of seasons at Jackson State and now at Colorado, playing as many snaps as he did at defensive back and wide receiver, do you think we'll see more guys try to do that, like moving forward, more defensive backs who think, well, I can play receiver as well? Or, I mean, Travis Hunter seems like a pretty spectacular individual athlete. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing. Shohei Otani is uh, is also, you know, pretty, really, pretty, pretty special guys. But I just wonder if if now it feels more, more realistic, more plausible to try to be, uh, you know, a, a dual threat outfielder slash pitcher at the you know at the I mean we we're already seeing that in college but I mean mm-hmm. in, at, at the at the higher levels of, of pro baseball or a defensive back slash wide receiver even in uh in in power five football because we haven't seen I mean it's not unprecedented but there have not been that many of them especially for good teams of late and I don't know I mean I, you know first first things first with KJ it's it's like master your master your craft in the secondary most likely because that's where that's where most people seem to think he's going to be but I do he's, he's an exciting player, and it's a, a guy I was yeah, interested to hear more about from Brian. Yeah,
4: I, I just think anybody telling them they're going to play at wide receiver is just a recruiting ploy, just a way to have a uh, one up other schools and try to sell something else to them to to try to shine a little bit brighter in his eyes. So I think he's going to be a a a really star safety, a very athletic, uh, got terrific size and speed combination for his safety, and he's not afraid to stick his nose in there and be real physical. So I think that's the perfect position for him. And um, a
3: potential pro
0: at safety.
4: Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yes.
0: I'd be very surprised if many schools are telling him he wouldn't get a look at receiving. Sure. You know, I mean, yeah. I'd put him out there for a practice, and it's yeah. like if he's not, if he's a little behind everybody else, go, well, here's where you are. You'd be about 10th on the depth chart here, <laughs> but you could start over here. So, I mean, I don't know. But, all right, so there's one. We talked offensive line a while ago. I mean, Auburn's still, you know, still. Gonna, they're not giving up I'm sure on Cohen Eccles or favor Edwin.
4: Right. And we don't know. I mean, um, I, I believe and that Cohen Eccles had a yeah. good trip to LSU, but I don't know where he stands. I don't know mm-hmm. that he's told anybody exactly what he's doing. I know, uh and there's a lot of people that think because LSU got the last visit and, and they're closer to home, right. That, that makes a lot of sense for him, And that's probably what I think, but I don't know that right now. So, so we'll see, um, favor Edwin, um, you felt like Auburn was the team to beat. He went to Alabama. They offered him. He visited Alabama. Now everybody thinks Alabama is the team to beat. He hasn't told me that or anybody that I know that, so, so we'll see. Um, but I think most in the industry think he's going to Alabama. But, uh, you know, I'm not – maybe, you know, two years ago and four years ago and five years ago and ten years ago, I would have said those guys are not coming to Auburn. Don't worry about it. This is a different era.
0: It's not over yet. Right. Yeah.
4: Auburn's got a coach that really, really knows how to close and recruit, and finish and flip and, and have surprises. So, I would not rule anything out come Wednesday. All right, Dan. Yeah, when I saw Vandy, I saw Vandy and LSU,
0: and I was trying to figure who is that.
4: Some I I don't really know who that a. is. AJ
0: Swan.
3: I believe AJ Swan is uh is, is announced uh, that, that he's uh, backup quarterback at uh, Andy. As yeah, okay. told, uh, told on three. Well, I mean we know, I know depth, di- I know there was a different uh, there was a different quarter uh, there was a different receiver right there was people thinking Will Shepard mm-hmm. was, was maybe going to head uh, to to LSU. Yes, he's because he's a Louisiana native. Louisiana native going to Colorado instead. But yeah, that's that's the that's the report going out there on social media right now is that it? it sounds like uh, 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 I think one one of the recruiting services reporting there uh, is a, a. now a. there's Swan a guy that LSU. sort
0: of fits. A mold of, he's probably going there. He's he's going to go there and compete, but he's probably going to be okay if he's not the starter, and that way they'd have a more experienced backup uh, behind yeah, Nussmeier.
3: It's on his Instagram. It's a real thing. I was yeah. I was making I was <laughs> making uh, well, I you saw, know, yeah. making sure. But yeah, that's the that's the story. Is, yeah, AJ, AJ Swan the. Vanderbilt transfer. And also, uh, Carson. did we say on the air Carson Beck's coming no, back? No, we did not. Carson Beck returning to Georgia uh, for at least one more season as the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Dylan uh, Rayola, Rayola. Uh, is, uh, has flipped from Georgia to Nebraska. He's, he's told a, 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 some, I, th- I think ESPN.com. Yeah, uh, he got, has. Got, I think got he the, ESPN. Got the, got the story there. So, uh, so, yeah, a couple pieces of news involving, uh, involving quarterbacks in the portal and uh, quarterbacks uh, who could consider
0: uh, going to uh, going to the next level. It is, I mean, it is a very interesting time. There. I mean, there's news that's coming from different directions. You've got transfer portal news, um, you know, high school and junior college recruiting news. We were talking about
3: it before you got here, Brian, but I'd love your thoughts on Hugh Freeze's answer about building around the quarterbacks already in the room rather mm-hmm. than pursuing a veteran option from the portal and why he thinks that's uh, the best course of action for this team.
4: Yeah, we felt like this is the direction he was going to go a few weeks ago. Um, But it makes a lot of sense for Auburn right now. Uh, Number one, to go out and get a high-profile quarterback, one that you know for sure is going to beat out Peyton and be the number one guy, is going to take a big chunk of your NIL money to do that. And you, that means you're going to lose Peyton and maybe some more players mm-hmm. uh, on your roster. Um, Auburn needs to get better in a lot of areas. You can do that by signing a bunch of high, good high school players, maybe more than you think you can, and then see where you stand after this year. Yeah, right? and if,
0: then if you need a quarterback, hopefully right. you've got more pieces around right. any potential new quarterback.
4: And you can also look at the second-year transfers. Bo Nix at Oregon, second-year Heisman finalist. Um,
0: Jaden Daniels won the Heisman second,
4: second year, year at LSU, Matt, uh, the Penix, uh, yeah, Michael Penix yep, second at, year at Washington. He's was there in New finalist, York. Right. Yeah. So Jackson uh, Dart was excellent this yep, year for his second Ole second year. year two.
3: Yeah. Yep.
0: 3, three, four, three two, one, 1390. We need to get to our first break. John will be up first when we come back here on the Monday drive.
1: Robert Pig with Pig Interview and online at espnau.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at espnau.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive, 20 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Monday evening. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com, and let's get to the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar and John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, guys, can't wait till Wednesday. I think Hugh Freeze has done an excellent job recruiting, so I expect that to pay off. I just had a couple of questions. Um, and I know as we sit here on December 18th, this is a long way off, but uh, what's the probability we see Tahit Pettiford, Trey Donaldson, and uh, Aiden Holloway in Auburn's backcourt next year? Super excited about the basketball team, they're really talented. And second question was, did, did any of you guys see uh, Chip Kelly's comments over the weekend? I thought, we got more out of Chip Kelly in two minutes than we, we'll get at, out of Greg Sankey in 15 years. Finally, someone intelligent who actually uh, made some very good points.
4: Love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. I didn't Chip Kelly. Guys, appreciate it.
0: Appreciate the call, John. Yeah, I, I saw some references to his comments. I have not read them. Have you, Dan? Yeah, it's. And, I mean, you can
3: see the video. It's a press conference. Uh, it's an answer I think he gave after the bowl game uh, to, uh, to to a question at the press conference about sort of his his opinion of uh, of how, how he would uh, change college football for the better. And, and I don't want to paraphrase it because he goes into a couple of details. But but I think his big his big idea would be um, treating. He pointed to Notre Dame as Notre Dame as a football independent. That plays conference athletics in every other sport, and Chip Kelly's question is why couldn't every program do that, where the football team is sort of treated independent of the rest of the programs as far as what the schedule needs to look like, and as far as uh, so, some other things too. But but his I mean, and, and I guess his his idea was treat treat every you guys could all be uh, everyone in the Power Five could be football independent, but in a in the power five, which is, that's who you
0: schedule against each other. Well, that, that's sort of what Charlie Baker seemed to be, you know, talking about when, when he said the, uh, the super or, or the football only conference, right and there. And there were other, there were other smaller points to it, but no, I,
3: I thought that he, uh, yeah, he, he thought that, that that was, um, uh, you know, he, he, I guess he, 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 was lamenting that other, other sports at UCLA, we're going to have a much more difficult time. Yeah, he's right. Transitioning to the Big Ten than the football team will, and he, you know, didn't want that to to cause strain for, for,
0: for those athletes too. That would that would make more sense than having to, you know, have these super conferences, which, which are going to be very difficult to schedule. I mean, think about. That. I mean, Brian, it's 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 really difficult for the for these nationwide conferences to ever really be able to schedule. Yeah. I mean, you see, the AAC is stretched from coast to coast, just about, yeah. and and the Big Ten, and uh, it it yes. would make a lot more sense just to have, you know, just all right, the big boys are going to play football, yeah. and we'll we'll work out a schedule for them. Or everybody else could just stay in their own conference. He also he also mentioned something that 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 we've talked about on
3: the show before, which uh, I think the horse is out of the barn here, but something that probably should have happened a long time ago, which is the conferences shouldn't have been bidding against each other for media rights. It should have been a collaboration between everyone who's playing division one football to sort of share, uh, you know, a, a media rights deal. Cause that, because the, because the model they, what they built is something that encourages the sec to go get the best possible football teams mm-hmm. from other leagues, the big 10 to go get the best possible football teams from other leagues. If you'd had the power five or the major 10 conferences, all negotiating with ESPN as a as a unified group, you wouldn't have a scenario where oh well teams teams look at the SEC's media deal and say oh well I want to I want to be in that league instead of my current league I want to be in and I think that would have been unfortunately we're it's like we're, we're past that now probably oh, yeah. but that a decade ago decade and a half ago <laughs> would have been a great way to make if you wanted to preserve conferences that make geographic sense which I think there are reasons to do that both you know, in, in consideration of some of the sports that play more than football and uh, because you have, uh, you have regional rivalries that you'd like to preserve. You know, Chip Kelly talked about it, it's, it's unfortunate that Arizona versus UCLA in basketball won't be a conference game anymore because of uh, decisions that were really made not, not thinking about the impact on, on longstanding basketball rivalries.
4: That would have been a great idea several years ago, but yeah. it's yeah, not happening now. Yeah, it's not happening now. Yep. Uh, Brian, the the other question,
0: and I thought really interesting question, asking about, well, do you think we'll see Tahad Pettiford out there along yeah. with Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson next well, year? The I don't court.
4: think Aiden and Trey are two guys that are going to be big-time NBA draft picks next year. I mean, that's my opinion. I, I could be wrong, so – I think that's definitely a possibility.
0: And Bruce has shown he can
4: find minutes for a lot of different players. Yep. Yep. And I, I think Aiden and Trey both have the ability to um, play the two guard. Uh, yeah. I think Pet- Trey, especially, and, I and, think. And Pettiford, right I think, is a to me a combo guard, too. He can play the one of the two. So um, that would just probably be a lot, a lot of great ball handlers and a lot of great shooters uh, on next year's team if all three are there. That's nice to think about. In
0: the meantime, yeah. this is a fun team to watch right now. We it talked is. about it when you first got here. But, uh, but Auburn really, really playing well. And it's not like everybody's shooting, uh, but everybody is contributing. Auburn is not turning the ball over very much. And they're making those extra passes, getting a lot of assists. And they're spreading the assists out. I know yesterday, I guess it was 11-1. And you talked about the numbers over the last three games uh, from the point guards. But, I mean, Auburn's getting assists from all over the place. Jalen, we've always known Jalen yep. is, is, is an excellent passer, but they're getting, it from, uh, getting assists from quite a few different places. Yeah, I mean,
4: even Jani, you know, he's not a guy you throw it in there at the post, and he just, um, you know, turns it over or, or shoots. You know, he's, he's able to pass it out and get open shots. And um, the assist to turnover team-wise, every, every game just amazes me. Like, it's just crazy numbers mm-hmm. that Auburn keeps putting up and – that's just a great indication of, of how unselfish this team is and how well they're all buying in to the way they're playing and just how well this offense is working no matter what teams throw against it.
0: And they can uh, they can play the, the we-don't-get-any-respect card, play with a chip on their shoulder. They yeah. keep doing that for Unranked. a while because they're still not – yeah, they're 27th, I guess, in the uh, the latest – I think it was at the AP, yeah. they're 27th in uh, –
4: Top ten or top five in most of the computer type yeah, rankings. Yeah, Ken Palm's got him nine, Ken right? Poms
0: got, did you see what happened
3: over the weekend in Ken Palm, Bill, which is an incredible, no. an incredible coincidence and, and something that, that uh, I, believe, uh, I believe the, the gentleman, uh, 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 Ken Pomeroy, confirmed on social media this has never happened before. So going into uh, this weekend, Nebraska was 62 in Ken Palm. Kansas State was 46 in Ken Palm. They played... Nebraska won sixty-two to forty-six.
0: <laughs> so, so
3: they they the final. No, score, that's that's both, funny. Both both teams in a game against each other scored their scored well, their Ken Palmer. You right.
0: don't necessarily want that, no. Because the more you no. score, the lower you are. How I mean, is Kansas I'm,
3: that low. I'll you, Kansas State. State. Kansas, oh, Kansas State. State. Yeah, Kansas okay. State. Uh, you know, Louisville would love that now that they've broken. Yeah, you're right. Now that they've broken the three hundred. Uh, line, you know, they they would they would they would love to score their Ken Palm ranking, but uh, no, I thought that was an amazing uh, amazing coincidence that that was the the final score was was the the pregame Ken Palm ranking for both. And players.
0: and uh, you know, there's, there's no big concern. It's December. Uh, you you keep winning, you'll you'll get ranked. Uh, I mean, Auburn's projecting as a pretty decent seed, even if they, even if some voters don't want to vote for them. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the well, Drive see, Hotline it, presented by Skybar. It seems especially crazy that Auburn is a
3: loss at the buzzer from App, against App State, away from being a team that would probably be universally ranked. Probably, in, they'd probably be top fifteen. That's what I mean. If Auburn, had, if Auburn had done if they'd everything, they beat App
0: State. I think they'd probably be top fifteen. Oh, yeah.
3: and that that seems nuts to me that one one road out of conference loss to a a mid major is the uh, is is the difference. And uh, by the way, how about? Uh, how about Alan Flanagan and, and the Ole Miss Rebels still, unde- 10 and 0. still undefeated? They got a chance to finish out uh, the non-conference slate uh, w- with an undefeated record, and uh, and that'll be, that, that could be something when Auburn and Ole Miss get together uh, next
0: month. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Still plenty of time for you to join in here on the Monday Drive.
1: 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Monday evening. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. And, Brian, yeah, just uh, fill in everybody on what all is going on, what all they'll find there at AuburnSports.com, what's coming up, who's going to be covering what. I mean, there is, there's, yeah. a lo-
4: there's a lot going on. Of course, the big, the big thing this week, of course, is uh, signing day. Um, Auburn's expected to sign around 20 kids on um, Wednesday. I know that Caleb is going to go to Central High School for Cam Coleman's. Uh, signing, so I'll be there for that. Uh, we will run Signing Day Central, started early Wednesday morning before 7, mm-hmm. right before 6. and Are they going to let some of y'all be over there? You know, we haven't done that in a while because uh, they started several years ago of, of putting it out on Twitter. Right. Uh, when a guy, so there's no reason to be there because oh, okay. you're not getting that it makes first, sense. right? That's, so, that's true. Um, but so. It, which sign day central is just a great way to follow it, right? Because right there in one story, yeah, you
0: got here, here they are, and you got you know, you know when yep, everybody here who's
4: committed, here's when they plan to sign, here's the guys that have signed, and just keep up who's left, what the times anybody times right. for everybody to be waiting for, and, and then keeping up with other guys you're interested in, right? You know, whether they pick Auburn or somewhere else, just to follow it. So that's, that'll be a great resource on Wednesday. And of course we'll be there for um freezes press conference, which I think is scheduled for twelve thirty. Right. Is that right? So that means they they're expecting everybody to be signed by then. Um we also get players, we got players today, we'll get them again tomorrow. And then we get Bruce Pearl and players on Thursday, I believe. Thursday or Friday. No, Thursday. And then you got the basketball game Friday night. So That's right. It'll be another busy week for sure.
0: And a little little bits of news. I don't know that we mentioned uh, a couple of players did make it uh, official that they're, that they're returning yeah, today. Yeah,
4: um, Fairweather uh, told her by that. Rivaldo, tight end, will be back. I think Eugene and um, Keontae had already mentioned that. Eugene, yeah, I don't know that he'd really
0: done it publicly, but I think he'd let it be known that he was coming back.
4: Yep, so they'll be back. And I think um, Eugene especially and um, Keontae especially are going to be two of Auburn's key leaders next year. No along question. with Peyton Thorne on the other side of the ball. Um, and then um, Keontae Scott mentioned that he's planning on moving to corner from nickel to corner um, for the for this year, which will be good for him, I think, and uh, will help him in his draft stock too.
0: Absolutely. And so, I, so you know, I think we, we Auburn's got a decent situation at corner for the bowl game. Yeah. It's safety now, where I yeah. guess Donovan. So Donovan will be um, filling in there. Donovan will be moving up there at that uh, nickel spot. With, and Champ Anthony is somebody we were Anthony. wondering about the other day, yeah. but, but he's a guy that's going to get a long look back there as
4: well. Champ Anthony is going to turn out to be a real find for the last yep. class. He was a late addition, out of junior college, didn't know much about him. Uh, you know, Already exceeded my expectations by coming and playing this year, and now there's a possibility he could be Auburn starter or, or you know, a major player at nickel next year. Uh, I think they're really, really high on him. I think that allows Keontae to move to corner. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, we'll see. It sounds a little bit like the plan on the offensive line, where it's it's like they've got they'd love to have seven or eight defensive backs that they know can go out there and contribute and play. And it's a matter of yeah, I mean the the very best ones will probably get the nod to start, but knowing that there won't be a big drop off if you go to the reserves. Plus, there are times when you need six or seven defensive backs oh, yeah. on the field, as you know, increasingly in in college football, I guess. Um, I mean, I would think that uh, that Caleb Wooden would also be someone who's in the – I mean, he played played a lot Back this – Back here at safety. Yeah, play, he did. Played, played a lot this past season. I would think he's in the mix, uh, you know, moving moving forward as, as one of the guys who could be, you know,
0: in a – if if you think the group is well, – Especially for the bowl game. I mean, if Jalen's, Jaylen, uh, you know, got to be healthy or, or, or uh, Caleb may start there at the other uh, spot.
3: Yeah, I, I think so too. And it was nice to hear – I think we said this earlier, uh, Brian uh, – uncertain about J.D. Rim's status this season with, you know, with some of the questions. And, uh, and he's back the, now, though. Yeah, and, and nice to hear that Hugh Freeze thinks he could be uh, somebody who battles yep. for, uh, for playing them. If he's in good standing, I would think J.D. Rim would be on the list of, even though you've seen him play at Auburn before, J.D. Rim would almost be in the category of uh, Jamison Travis and Reed where a, a big showing in bowl practice and a big showing in the bowl game and you move your way up the Bill Cameron depth chart. You find your way into, uh, you know, in, into maybe a, a, a starting role or a bracketed uh, starting role when, when spring practice gets going.
4: Oh, no question. Absolutely. Got a great chance to uh, step up and, um, you know, be a starter in the ballgame and sort of use that to you know, win a job here uh, next spring and going into next fall.
3: I'm really holding a candle for, for Jamison Travis, especially, because I've, I've heard some, some quality things about him as a person. He he
0: needs to be able to step up now. I mean, with Auburn's uh, situation, they, they, they need, they need somebody. And we were talking need him now. We were talking with former Auburn defensive
3: line coach, Don Dunn, speaking of which he'll be, yeah, Don
0: will be in the next three days while
3: Dan's out of town. Don Don, uh, coach will be in the house, but, uh, Uh, But he talked about how sometimes, especially with junior college players, sometimes if they show up late, uh, they haven't been they haven't had access to the uh, the the uh, resources that a SEC player has. And conditioning can be a problem early. Mm -hmm. You would you would hope that a player like that uh, by November, December has worked through enough of that to be able to. Uh, to To have a, a larger role in bull practice and in the game, and Nick Fairley—that's oh, the name I was going to say. Yeah, is, yeah it's, a great example. Is the example yeah. that I think would be yeah that that'd be a really welcome addition to see uh, w- one of the two young defensive linemen who didn't didn't play a ton this year uh, take a step like that. I,
4: I think that Auburn's got a as good as it's ever had training staff, um, strength and conditioning staff. So I think um, Bobby Jamieson Travis is going to look like a totally different person uh, by the start of next fall next fall practice. I, I just – I've been amazed by some of the gains guys have already made mm-hmm. that have been in the, the program for a while. The changes some of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I, I look at a guy like him who's a pretty big athletic dude, and I, I just I just think he's going to take some big steps in the offseason.
0: Let's get back to the uh, drive hotline, and Tex is up next. Hey, Tex.
2: Hey, guys. How you doing today?
0: Hello, Tex.
3: Good, good to hear Christmas from you.
2: Christmas if I don't talk to you again before the uh, end of the week. so Back at you. Look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Brian, I have a question for you, but before I get to that, what a jewel it is, is to be able to listen to Sonny Smith on the radio doing oh, basketball. Gosh. yeah. I happened to be driving from north side of Baton Rouge, coming home from something yesterday, listening to the first half of the game, and I did something that I don't normally do. I actually turned the TV down, and I didn't even bother to sync. I didn't care. I just wanted to listen <laughs> to him. And he is such a jewel when he talks about the game. And then he throws things in that you got to think about for just a second. And then when you realize what he said, you're like, what a great line that is. So I, I hope we have him for a long, long time because he, he is a, he's a jewel for the game, not just for Auburn basketball. Mm-hmm. But I can only imagine other people listening to that man and, and having a blast listening to a basketball game on the radio. So, just want to get that in. Uh, so, and and I grew up listening with my dad on KMOX and listening to Cardinals games every night before I would go to bed. So, radio to me has always been a much better way to receive a game that you may not be able to see instead of looking like you know the, the apps we have now that'll tell us the score and the stats and all that.
0: Oh no, no, I no you're right. To
2: listen to a guy like that. So the other thing is, is then I get home and they flip it on and they've got Charles coming on and what a jewel Charles Barkley is for Auburn university. I couldn't agree with him more. I would root for Afghanistan if they were playing Alabama and there's no damn doubt about it. I would, I would root for anybody uh, against them. And (laughs) he is a jewel to listen to, especially his line about getting in the restaurant and being able to get a seat. So, uh, it, it was, it was pretty cool. So enough about that. The other thing, uh, extremely, extremely thankful for Bruce Pearl and the style of basketball that he plays. What a gritty, gritty defense that he runs. And it creates so much. And I think we basically have worn teams down for the most part and have been very, very successful in doing so. Uh, Thoughts about that? Because I just think uh, the way we play defense, there's been talks about when are we going to cut down and not play as many players? I don't think that we're going to. I think he's going to play 10.
4: Yeah, and I think they're playing great defense. And um, the fact that they can play 10 and 11 guys uh, makes that sustainable throughout the season and and tells me that they can get better because those guys, as as they continue to fill their roles and get used to their minutes, um, they know they can give 100%. They don't have to hold back any or save some for later in the game. They can just go out out there and get after it for, uh, you know, however many minutes they're out there, 20, 22, 23 minutes.
3: I think it would be really difficult yeah. for this team to play like this. With We were saying it earlier in the show, Tex, if they were relying on a seven- or an eight-man rotation, I think that it would be really tough to, to be as aggressive as they are defensively and and as uh, and as up-tempo as they are just throughout a game. I think the depth is, is part of the, the strength uh, of the team. And while – and the other thing is it helps when a guy isn't playing well, that you can go to the bench and bring in someone who yep. can, uh, g- can maybe give the team a, a different look. So no I, I think that' it's, like, it's unconventional, and we asked Dylan Cardwell last week about uh, you know w- what kind of buy-in is required because there are, I mean, conservatively, there are eight guys, maybe the numbers 10, who could go who could have gone into the portal this past off season and gone somewhere where they could play 30, 35 minutes a game. But instead, they're here playing 15 to 25 of, of Bruce's style, and, and they're doing it because, uh, you know, it, it, they think it's the best thing to, uh, d- d- to help them win. Uh, well, you, you brought up Dylan Garwell. Uh,
2: I'm not a big fan of taking shirts off and doing all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, if I looked like that, I would be a bigger (laughs) fan. Well, that might be
2: too true. (laughs) But what a joy it is to watch a kid who last year kind of struggled offensively, and he's turned into a force. I said it to you before, Bill, the way he jumps now compared to last year, the ball he caught on the alley-oop, his elbows were probably a foot above the rim. He is, it's just amazing to watch the transformation in that kid's game. I hate to call him a kid, young man's game. And last but not least, I know we're up against the break real quick. I wanted to ask Brian. Brian, as a person that uh, works in a profession where when you're right, everything's great, (laughs) and when you're not, everything's not great. Yeah. uh, What's it like to go to a signing day when you're not sure if we're going to convert somebody or pull somebody over if we lose somebody? What's it like in, in your business
0: uh, because I know what it's
2: like on the message board.
0: You, and, you mean uh, what was
4: it like a couple of years ago? Yeah, it's terrible <laughs> because you put in the time and effort to get to this place and you don't know what's going to happen and you know if it doesn't go right that you don't even need to be there. Like you're not bringing anything to the table if, he, if this person picks another school. you know. So it's, it's mm-hmm. not a – you never want to be in that position. You want to know before you go. And that's how it is 99% of the time. But there, there's always those times where you just don't know. Yeah,
2: well, I hope you have a fantastic Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, me too. And so I yeah. hope I, I, I also hope
4: I have a fantastic Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. All
2: right, guys. Hey, thanks for the time.
0: Again, Merry Christmas if I don't get to talk yeah, to Merry you. Yeah, Merry Tex. Christmas, Tex.
3: See you, Tex. All right,
0: All right uh, we'll go ahead and get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for you to join in, 334-321-1390. That's the uh, drive hotline here on the Monday Drive. It's time to stop dealing with unreliable net.